listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello and welcome to another Unscripted for the Week. How are we all? Uh, I'm all, all right. Lewis yeah, is all right. all right. Cecilia? Yeah, good. I mean, I, I can't complain. I've started my weekend, which yeah. is fantastic. I get Fridays off. So, uh, yeah, mm. I, I'm, I've started early and um, most of you out there will have another day of work. So I'm very Just sorry about that. In. Just rub it in. Yeah, me too. Me too. Another so day my, of work. My, my uh, boss, Jason, and, uh, and his wife, Liz, who's also my colleague at work, uh, they're they're off uh, to on holidays tomorrow uh, till till Monday, and so I'm the uh, the, the sole person in the office over the uh, yeah. tomorrow and Monday. So. so you could just come in PJs or um, you know tracky dacks, yeah, workout if, gear. If anyone wants to come in and pick stuff up, that would be just uh, you awkward. Know, it'd be orky poos. So uh, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather not do that. So yeah. do you do casual Fridays at your work? No, oh, no. Okay. Like my my work like this is. We've got to wear like a shirt with a my uniform. company logo on it. Um, but I really wish we got polos. Like polo shirts, uh, I, I think, are the best thing for, for, for my kind of industry. Like wearing a whole button-up shirt mm. and long sleeve and, yeah. It's a whole thing, isn't it? Polo's the way to go. It'd be nice to have a bit of a mix. So at least yeah. on your casual Fridays you could wear your polo. Quite right, quite yes, right. we do casual Fridays, so looking forward to that. And I worked from home today, so I got to be casual at home too. So um, I thought I was going to be late today. We do have movies to talk about. We've actually got um, quite a few movies to get through today. Minari, have I said it right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, Firestarter, The Little Things and Blackbird. Um, So we do have a few things to get through. However, I don't have anything to review. I don't have any movies or anything So I guess it was fortuitous that I had an event on the drive here Um, and I feel like I need to sage my body and my brain and my car after this event. Now, when you say sage, do you mean like getting sage and lighting it on fire and then Mm -hmm. wafting the uh, the smoke over? Yeah, the the whole witchcraft thing. I need to do that. I need to witchcraft my car. I'm actually thinking about selling it after this event. But anyway, um, so... I was driving along the freeway and, you know, sometimes you see a car on the side of you and you can tell it's about to pass you and you just kind of have a little brief look. Mm -hmm. And I looked over and there was this woman in the passenger seat cackling away like a witch. And I thought, have I, is she looking at my car because I've done something? Is my fuel cap open? What's going on? And then I, like, I realised afterwards like while I was staring at her face, that I had heard a thwack sound hitting my car and she was holding a straw and then I realised she had just spat at my car with the straw that she was holding and then cackling to herself and like pointing to whoever was in the car like, isn't this hilarious what I've just done? And I'm like, what on earth? And then um, while they're all cackling away in the car, they drove in front of my car like, because I was in the left lane and now they're in the right lane. So they got in front of me and they're like flipping the bird at me and everything. And I'm like, what "What on earth? And then 
I normally get off at a particular exit, but they were getting off at that exit. So I'm like, I'm not getting off behind these people. And so as they were getting off, um, my car was parallel with theirs. And then the guy in the back seat is starting to spit at my car. But we're too far away for anything to hit but I'm like what have I done to make you like spit at my car and I'm racking my brain thinking like was I not driving fast enough and you were behind me at some point um I called Chris as soon as it happened because I was so rattled like it was like something out of a horror movie you know where people are like they're spitting at your car and then you find out they're following you and then they run you off the road and then they kill you in a ditch and eat you and eat you um (laughs) you know I wouldn't put it past her to be honest I I don't often say nasty things about the way people look but her skin was Chris thinks maybe she was a meth head or something because I said to said her skin was looked quite were these damaged well at first I thought that's her kid in the back seat and she's teaching her kid these bad things because the kid in the back looked like a teenager mm. but she looked I maybe who knows how old she was I don't know but it was a relatively decent car Chris is like oh they were probably on something and I'm like oh my god but she looked like have you ever seen the Royal Dahl um, movie Witches yeah mm. you know when they remove their faces and you see the witch faces mm. it was like that and I don't know if it was because I was so unnerved by her cackling or, like, her inside was appearing. You know how – have you, you know the book The Twits? Yes, I do. So do you know the book The Twits? No. Okay, so obviously we're Royal Dahl aficionados. <laughs> um, currently reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Bryce chapter by chapter. He's Love loving it. it. Um, but in The Twits they describe how sometimes somebody's outside – will reflect what's on their inside. So you might see a lady who's, I don't know, really overweight or whatever, but um, her insides are so lovely and she's such a lovely person that you see it emanating from her face and you're like, that's a lovely person. Or you might see someone who's lovely and like to look at, but you get to know them and their face just suddenly turns mm. into something hideous mm. because you're seeing their inside. Yeah. I think I was mm. seeing her insides reflected on her outsides. <laughs> but anyway, I got here and I tried to like wash it off with some water and it's stuck on there. So it's all like, oh, it's so disgusting. It makes me want to vomit. That's so I'm going to have to really go through a, It's so weird, it? right? What, really bizarre. What the... Like doing it to someone and you're on the freeway. Uh-huh. It's all, is she trying to cause an accident? That's just ludicrous. I don't know. She wasn't driving but still, like she, she was doing it the, in the passenger seat and then whoever was in the back seat decided. He, oh, yeah. he had a straw as well and he was doing it as well. So I'm like, is it targeted to me? Have I done something wrong? And Chris is like, no, they're just lunatics mm. that are probably on something going across and doing it to other cars mm. as well but what a horrible thing to do honestly i know i'm so i'm so grossed out and creeped out i feel kind of out of my own body right now like i, I it might sound ridiculous but it just feels like i feel victimized or something like taken advantage of someone's bodily fluids are on my car it is it is frustrating when like you know people uh, take liberties like that with with other people it's like people got to respect you know other people's properties and personal space and everything like that so yeah they were probably on something who does that to somebody and they had a decent car as well I don't like 
surely, like, what? And Chris is like, did you get there, like, red zone? I'm like, no, I was outside of my body. I didn't realise what was <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? When you're not quite, you're like, you what were, is going on? Yeah, kind of that derealisation de- kind of experience uh, uh, yeah. where you, you don't quite feel in your body. Yeah, it was yes. very, it was very, very bizarre. And Chris is like, we've got to get you a dash cam. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm going to have to stop at the uh, car wash before I get home, I think, which sucks because I'm starving. <sighs> you should treat yourself to something now. Just, you know. No, Chris is making some chicken kiwis. Oh, that from sounds scritch. like a nice. Make some chicken cabs, nice. Yeah, from Screech. <laughs> screech. Screech, screech. Anyway, let's talk about some wonderful things. Lewis, you um, you watched CJ Walker. I, I did. Uh, is, that, is that actually the name of the, the No, the it's, it's called Self-Made. Self-made so this is yeah. the, the um, series that I watched uh, and spoke about last week with Octavia Spencer. Mm. No, I... Yeah, I um, was at home and we're just like looking for things on Netflix to watch uh, and you know, we've got a you know, bridge of time between Fridays when WandaVision's on. Oh my God, uh, I was thinking about it today and getting all excited. <laughs> it is it is totally like back when I knew X-Files, the next episode was coming the next day and my whole body was like starting to jive because I'm like, it's sorry, I'm very excited about WandaVision tomorrow. It's, it's even more exciting that the, the last three episodes are an hour each. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you haven't watched it, it's pretty much the most amazing thing on TV right now. Yeah, it's it's just um If you're a Marvel fan. Yeah, if you're a Marvel fan, know. uh I just um like I loved the Have you you haven't seen One Division yet, have you? No, no, I feel really bad because you guys are so across it yeah. and then I'm just really behind. And you know, it's funny, I'm always looking for things to watch, so maybe I should Jump in. Yeah. Well, the first three episodes were, were kind of like people, like there were some people just going, oh, I don't get it. It's just like, oh, it's, it's a bit draggy and it's like. I... The episodes are like 25 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Give, give it a chance. It's but like an hour and a half of your life. Because the first three episodes, they really tried, they, they did the whole um, uh, sitcom tropes and they moved through those and then they started like peppering in like, uh, you know, a bit of breaks in, in the uh, the shows where things weren't quite right. And it was a third episode where like there was a real, you know, moment at the end where it was like here is, is giving you some idea of what's going on. Uh, and it was the fourth episode was like kind of the revelation episode. The, the way that they pace this thing is amazing. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so it's certainly something that I look forward to every week and uh, and it is I watch I watch every episode twice. Yeah. Like I just watch it once and then give it a couple of days and then I rewatch it again. And I don't do that with TV. Mm. Like no other TV show do I ever watch twice. Uh, you know, maybe I'll watch it down the track in a few years' time but not within the same week. I'm going to wait until day. it's finished and I think I'm going to binge it start to mm. finish. But anyway, but yeah, uh, you were looking for something else to watch. Yeah, Sorry, like, I got very excited. For something else to watch. And we found, found uh, Self Made and we were like, oh, yeah, I remember Rachel talking about this. Let's, let's watch this. And, uh, yeah, it was really amazing. It's, it's like because um, you don't see a lot of TV shows or movies about the um, post kind of slavery era in America, like how uh, African-American people were trying to rebuild themselves after uh, you know, slavery. So... It was really interesting, and uh, just just the character of um, C.J. Walker was uh, just have the 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 bottle that she has to just do things and and just not take, yeah, and not take no for an answer. And she kept on getting stepped on, and she just like kept on you know. 
pushing herself back up again. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, just I, I honestly think that uh, if anyone's looking for something to watch, and it's not a it's not a like a long slog, something like four episodes, it was really well made. So mm. yeah, highly recommend that one. And Blair Underwood is in it as well, and I haven't seen him in anything for a long time, so it was nice to see his his face pop up. Mm. So yeah. Yep. And Tiffany Haddish I was say, playing Tiffany against Haddish. Uh, against type, oh, cool. so I quite enjoyed seeing her in a different role. It was good. Do you said that there were uh, like the real story to what we saw on the screen was a bit different? Um, I don't think it was so different that it made the TV series inaccurate. Um, I, I think they played the rivalry between her and um, I can't remember the other character's mm. name, but they played that off. Um, as quite a big rivalry mm-hmm. when in in actual fact it's um, she was kind of like a mentor. Right, okay. But then the, I think the truth is that she did steal um, the the recipe, I guess, for the hair stuff, but she made it better. Yeah. yeah. So and that's the other thing I like about the the movie. She's honest. She they didn't they didn't paint her as this perfect human being, which sometimes happens in biopics. Um, they did show the truth of, well, she kind of did steal the stuff, but she did make it better and she sold it in a way that this other chick wasn't. Mm. So, um, and I mean, a lot of, you look at everything these days, most of the time it's basically the same ingredients. They've just added one or two different things or swapped something out. So it's like, you know... But anyway, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's very, very good. So I recommend that. Mm. Um, yes, I saw, I saw that, um, and I saw a movie as well. But I won't talk about my movie just yet because no. it's, it's like a bit of a depressing subject. Do you have anything more oh. um, positive? Do any of the three movies you saw were they more upbeat? So one is a Korean slash American drama. One is a thriller, and one is a documentary. So um, they're all pretty. Downers, hey? Well, I mean, perhaps mine might be slightly more uplifting than than yours. Um, I mean, we could start with uh, Minari, if you like, which is the story of a Korean family chasing the American dream. Why not? Sounds good. Right. So this one here is uh, told primarily through the eyes of six-year-old David. Uh, And like I say, it is the story of a Korean family who are chasing the American dream. So you've got uh, Jacob, who's the kind of patriarch of this family, along with his wife, Monica, and two young children uh, who have moved from uh, California to uh, Arkansas uh, where they hope to grow Korean vegetables to sell to like wholesalers mm. and, and restaurants. So, I mean, you know, yeah, so some real kind of traditional Korean vegetables, um, yeah, to keep that kind of going. So Monica and Jacob spend their days at this chicken farm basically sexing chickens. <laughs> so apparently they get rid of... Uh, I don't know how accurate this is, but they get rid of, I think, the male ones and keep the females. So they literally just go through and check what they are Mm. and kind of separate them. So that's what they do to kind of earn enough money. And they're living in this quite run-down place but with a huge property attached to it. So there's so much potential. But unfortunately, like, Monica can't see that. She misses California. She feels isolated while Jacob's trying his best to, you know, bring this... This is his dream Mm. and he really wants to bring it to life and I think he can see this end goal and he thinks it's going to just be fabulous. So 
they're just trying to get by day to day. And meanwhile, you've got grandma who comes to stay to help take care of the children. But she's really childlike herself, so she's not much help. She <laughs> kind of lets the kids run around and, you know, poor David's got a heart murmur. So, you know, there's this issue that, you know, he may potentially, you know, um, have issues related to that. So, you know, but that's kind of the premise. There's not, it's not an overly complicated story. It's more one of those very authentic films that it's really slow paced. And it's set in the 80s where there's this kind of element of the immigrant experience. And it's quite funny. There's certain scenes where you see this family in particular situations like church and Sunday dinners with different families. And you know when you see people who are trying not to be racist mm. but that's actually more racist? when mm. they're, So they're trying really hard not to be but because of that they are. Yeah. So there's kind of quite a few of those scenes in this film. So there's that kind of immigrant experience thrown in there as well. But... Through the film, we see the ups and downs of, you know, this family and particularly Jacob who just has this dream and and things. But it's such, such an authentic film, really nice. Um, there's It's mostly spoken in Korean mm. with a little bit of English in there. But it's just, yeah, it's such a lovely film. Like I say, there's not, you know, a huge, the plot, there's not much happening here apart from this. But I think in itself, that's quite large. And there's this, interesting kind of dichotomy I, I suppose you would call it between um like the two children the two parents so the two parents being quite serious the two children being you know very childlike and then grandma who kind of fits in the middle mm. and she's not really one way or the other but I just love her attitude so the parents are so serious and the kids are just being kids but grandma's the one that's kind of like just relax a little it's mm. all it's gonna be okay we're a family that's what we're you know that's the most important thing here. So I think there's such a lovely message in this film just about family uniting and and the importance of family conquering everything. Uh, so, yeah, a really lovely film to go and see if you really like those um, slow-moving character development, um, real authentic uh, films with, with moments that feel real life. So yeah. there's so many real life moments in this film. And, you know, it's not all, uh, you know, it, it's sad at points and it's also happy at points too. So one of those those films. But I really liked this. I'm going to score this uh, four and a half. Snakes. Oh, very good. Snakes. So um, on a random note, yesterday... Um, <laughs> Yesterday I rewatched Yesterday. Oh, <laughs> for the third time because it's just appeared on Netflix, mm. and I was on my lunch break, and I'm like, um, I don't want to listen to a podcast. I don't, wanna, you know. So I'm like, oh, I could maybe watch a, a quick twenty minute episode of I don't know Auntie Donna or something on Netflix. I thought, no, nah, that's probably inappropriate. I might <laughs> laugh too loud or something. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, look, yesterday I'll just watch a little bit of it and then as soon as I got home I watched the rest of it. I freaking love that movie and I know I'm a massive Beatles fan so I probably was always going to love it but it's just got such heart. I just love the heart in it. It's lovely. So if you haven't I seen like it yet film. and you've got Netflix, have, have, give it a watch. It's it's lovely. Mm. Well, I think I might review uh, the, the film I saw now uh, that uh, yeah, you've, you've warmed us up with... Uh, 
with, with, with your film about families and everything like that. Family and love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the film I, I saw, Blackbird, uh, is also about uh, family and love. But it is also about uh, a, a mother dying. Uh, her, her last you know, wishes um, is to die on her own terms. Um, and so this is kind of the, the last weekend of her life. Um, and she is Lily, played by Susan Sarandon. Oh. And uh, she invites her family back to uh, you know, spend that last, last week end with her because she has got a, uh, a disease which is you know, slowly breaking down her body and, and, and she's losing like, the use of her limbs and then eventually she'll lose the ability to swallow and have to be oh. fed through a tube and just like it would have been really horrible kind of end to her life. Is that um, Lou Gehrig's disease? It's not technically called that. ALS or something like ALS, yeah. yeah. I, it, it might have been. I can't remember if they actually name-checked what disease oh, it okay. was or if they left it quite vague. Mm. Uh, but they live in this, like, beautiful house. It's by by the beach or the lake. I'm not sure. Like, it's America. They've got weird things like that. Um <laughs> And uh, and her family is uh, is a, is a wonderful family. Uh, she's got her daughters, uh, Jennifer, played by Kate Winslet. Uh, she's got Anna, played by Mia Wasakowska. Mia Wasakowska. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Never uh, forget that one. And uh, uh, Kate uh, Jennifer is uh, married to uh, Michael, played by Rain Wilson. Uh, and Anna is going out with Chris, uh, played by Bex Taylor-Klaus. Um, and also uh, Jennifer and Michael have uh, their son Jonathan there as well. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, Lindsay Duncan plays Elizabeth, who is uh, the uh, best friend of uh, Susan Sarandon's uh, Lily. And uh, did I mention that... Uh, oh, Sam Neill's in it. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Sorry. Did I <laughs> mention that uh, Paul, uh, her, her husband, is played by Sam Neill. Um so yeah, so the the idea is that the whole family uh, gets together. They do pretty much what Lily wants to do for the weekend, mm. um, and then uh, come Monday, she's going to be taking a, a bit of a magic potion and uh, and leaving this mortal coil, uh, which does bring up the like legal implications because in this part of America, it's not uh, it's not legal to to do euthanasia. Um, so they've already like figured out like how they're going to you know deal with mm. all that that sort of thing. It's it's a very important story to tell because um, it's one of those things where for some reason we just hold on to human life even when it's past when a person has quality of life and I, I'm baffled why there is a conversation or an argument about euthanasia because it just makes so much more sense for when people uh, don't have the quality of life that they're able to make that decision mm. to move on um and uh but unless we see the these kind of things on, on screen or in books or in uh, in other facets then uh we you won't really have that understanding of it and so the film even though it's sad and it is it is sad although i must admit i did not roll a tear oh. um it, it's just it's are you heartless <laughs> i am not sad but uplifting maybe yeah it's sad but uplifting i mean it was because the characters in the film all had to come to terms with a very tough decision that she'd made. And it's kind of like, you know, she's not at the point, you know, you can still you tell she's struggling mm. to, to, to do everything. She's struggling. But she's still managing to have a life. But 
getting their head around, well, well, why do you want to go now? Because you, you still can live. And she's kind of like, well, because it's getting worse and worse and worse. So I'd rather go out now than get worse and not be able to do anything. Mm. Um, and not to be able to do that herself, mm, mm. to have to rely on somebody else to do it, which would then no longer be um, suicide, it would be murder. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and so it's... it's the first time I've seen a film that's dealt with this particular topic uh, and I think it was done with a lot of, uh, you know, grace and maturity and uh, it was, yeah, it was a really interesting film and, and great performances by all the, 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 the cast. Um, so, but again, it was not like a film where a lot happened but, you know, it was just... Uh, Great story, great actors. Uh, just a, it was a joy to watch, but it was very sad. And I think because you've kind of imprint yourself mm-hmm. onto the characters and the, and the situation, and you think, well, what would I do in in that that kind of situation there? Um, and yeah, it's. But I, I thought it was yeah, very uh, very enjoyable. So is this out um, at cinemas currently, or is it did is it an online? Um no, I, film. I think it's actually uh, going to get a cinema release. Uh, so it should be on the 25th of February, which is next week. Next week. Well, oh, today, yeah. if you're listening yeah. to it on the 25th, if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, and I, I shall give it um, four Christmases. Oh, four Christmases. Yeah. Oh, I like that idea. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So, um... We've still got two films to talk about. Um, Firestarter. It's just admiring my very... <laughs> white um, skin? No, my hairy arms compared to my white skin. Oh. Well, I think Lewis go. was wondering what the hell I was doing then. I was, I was, what did you just doing, I was doing this <laughs> and then I was doing that. Anyway, um, <laughs> you're not a weirdo at all. I well, thought you were like admiring your ring for a second and I'm like, yeah. I actually did have... um. A bird try and steal my ring today. Are you for real? At work. <laughs> well, I suppose you work in a veterinary thing. So, was, like, I'm, here I am imagining you're having lunch under a tree, reading a book and having a bit of a picnic and this little bird comes flying down. Says, Excuse me, can I have your ring? It's quite lovely. No, I was, I was trying to tell the bird, I was like, it's not real. It's it's not a very expensive ring. So he Birds don't know shrinks, They like do shiny they? things. What sort of bird do. was it? A little um, cockatiel. A cockatiel. Yeah, a little cockatiel. There are those birds, I don't know if we've got them in WA, that steal all the blue things and put mm. them in their nest. Fascinating. 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 Oh, to be As an or- David would say. Did, did you see that post I put on Facebook about all the funny names that get attributed to birds? No. 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 <laughs> they all seem to have quite hilarious names and people are wondering what is... Oh, is this something you've put up? What happened to these oh. ornithologists that made them give such hilarious, <laughs> depressing names? <laughs> I think I'm going to spend the entire show talking like... Wait, I've just gone completely... Like I'm talking this. like this. Um, you hold an accent very well. I, on the <laughs> other hand, don't. <laughs> Um, Bryce says to me this morning on the drive, um, how do you say tree in Chinese? And I'm like, um, I don't know, mate. I don't speak Chinese. And he's like, how about in French? Bonjour. And I'm like, yeah. No, bonjour is pretty much all I can say, mate. So I don't, I still don't know. I love how children think their parents can just do anything and everything. Yeah. It's quite cute. And then you I destroy can't. the illusion. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's going to realise I'm fallible. Yeah. 
very, very fallible. fallible. I love that word. Mm. Um, so what did we want to tackle first? Sorry. I, oh, I completely, let's let's I have a go thing. at Jared Leto in Jared The Little Things. Jared Leto, The Little Things. I really wanted to see this film mm. based on the fact that it had something to do with a, like, a killer and yeah, I felt like this would have been it had right good up reviews, your, and I was like, well. right up your alley. So it, it's also got uh, Denzel Washington in, mm. in in it, and um, you know, the Man on Fire returns. So Denzel plays uh, Joe Deacon. He's a former big shot detective uh, who's moved to the country for a uh, simpler life. Uh, he was once this big shot. Uh, you know, guy who, you know, everyone loved him. However, this emerging serial killer case uh, in his old district draws him back out into uh, Los Angeles. So he heads down there, kind of starts to get involved where he probably shouldn't. Um, And meanwhile, you've got Detective Jim Baxter, played by Rami Malek, who is working this case. And he and Deacon begin kind of, chatting about it and I think they kind of end up as working as unofficial partners tracking this killer who is targeting young women. So their lead suspect uh, is called Albert. He's played by Jared Leto and the pair begin to kind of work outside of the law to bust him. So there's not a lot of evidence against this guy but they've got this hunch. You know how detectives just Mm. have that hunch? Mm. So they're like, nah, it's definitely him. Whereas, you know, everyone else is like, no, leave him alone. We haven't got enough to hold him. So they kind of, you know, head out and do their own little tailing and tracking and and things progress from there. So does this plot sound familiar to you guys? It's Um, pretty familiar to me, this plot. uh, Well, it's certainly not original. No. It's two detectives from very different walks of life who team up uh, to catch a killer. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, you know, ultimately narrowing in on a suspect. To me, it feels familiar. While watching it, it felt familiar. And I felt like it didn't really bring anything new to this genre. It it just didn't feel refreshing. It did have this very sombre... Mm, refreshing. Yeah. You didn't walk out of the film and go, hmm, refreshing. refreshing. I did I feel not. refreshed. I did. I, unfortunately, I didn't. I really wanted to love this film. And it has a very sombre feel to it, which I really loved. And it was reminiscent of films like Seven, mm. uh, Zodiac, had that very kind of dark feel to it, that real sombre, uh, unsettling feel to it, where they kind of narrow in on somebody and... So I liked the style of the film, but it it just felt very familiar to me. And, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't bring anything new to the genre. It didn't feel overly refreshing. It's not a terrible film. It just, it didn't, you know. It was a bit meh. Yeah, it was just a little bit. I mean, others might have got more out of it than I did. I think, you know, the acting was fantastic. You've got Rami Malek, who's great. You've got Denzel, who's fantastic, Mm. and and Jared Leto. So overall, you know, great acting. But, yeah, unfortunately, just it didn't feel... um, I don't want to keep saying the word refreshing, but it just <laughs> Well, I suppose feel. the thing is, if, if you've got a storyline that you've seen a lot, mm. you want to be able to see something different in it mm-hmm. or it has to be pushing through. Like the, what I'm thinking of is there was a movie um, that came out late last year, I think it was, with Liam Neeson and um, Kate Walsh, and I can't quite remember what it was called, but it was another one of those ones where Liam Neeson was being 
like the action-y kind of guy. Um, he was like a bank robber. Oh, Honest Thief, I think it was called. Oh. And even though it's kind of like oh, I've seen him do these things before, um, it still felt like there was something in it that made me enjoy it, even though the storyline's kind of like, oh, I've seen this all before. and But it was something else that pushed it just further, even though it's just one of those kind of movies. So you need, you want something like that, you know, that's going to push yeah. it over their edge. Otherwise it's like, what's the point? And it almost feels like condescending to give Denzel Washington this material because I feel like he's worth so much more as an actor than just being given these roles where he plays, you know, somebody who, you know, used to be a big shot and now he's not mm. and then he comes back and then, I don't know, maybe that's, that's kind what of what likes. Liam Neeson's doing really. Yeah, you know, and, but maybe that's what they like. I don't, I don't know. So, was the I, script not good? Was it just the story like the It just felt too familiar. Like right. two detectives who you kind of go against um, against the law mm. to, you know, catch a killer. Who, right, who right. They're pretty sure is the killer. So they're kind of doing the the wrong thing to to try to get their man. Like you know, it's yeah. And I mean, there is a part. There is an element to this film at the very end which I can't give away, but it does go against most of these films. So there is a little element that is new that I, I quite enjoyed and I think that was the thing that kept this film, you know, alive for me. I can't quite go into that aspect because it'll give it away but um, it doesn't necessarily play out as most of these films would. So maybe the ending is, is a little bit different. So. Sometimes I watch those things and maybe it's I listen to too many true crime podcasts but I watch some of those and I'm like, well, that will never hold up in court and he'll just be let off because the the cops have done it not quite right and that's just, it's not mm. going to go, he's just going to get off. Because you've got to do things by the book, otherwise, you know. Do things by the book. You know, it gets thrown out of court. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have a chat with someone who, who's seen the film just to get their point of view on it. Mm. I think that might be um, interesting. I'm just one person, so... Um, <laughs> I'm just a person I'm asking just a another person. person to watch a movie and then let me know what they thought. Um, I, I wonder whether Denzel Washington just wanted a nice new car or something. <laughs> they don't always do it for the art. I, I was listening true, to actually. something where Michael Caine was talking about a terrible film he did and he said, yeah, but you should have seen the house that bought my mother. Yeah. Love it. And, I mean, <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage, classic example. Yeah. How, that's how he pays off his cars, mm. just by doing films. So let them do what they want, eh? I'm pretty sure he said that. Yeah. Like, I need to pay off my cars. So <laughs> um, I'm going to score this uh, two and a half berets. Mm, raspberry berets? No. So in America, berets are those clips, hair clips. Oh. Am I calling it right? Berets? Yeah, yeah. The, I or think berets. they call them berets. Oh, berets. Sorry, a berets. Two and a half berets. You're right. So a beret. Yeah, beret. Oh, what we would call a hair clip. Yeah. Which makes more sense because yep. it's clipping away hair. What the heck is a beret? I've never, beret. I've never heard that. Well, this is before. because you've never needed one. Well, I kept thinking they were saying beret, like the little yeah. hats mm-hmm. that people wear. And I, I was like... There was reference to it in the film. I was like, where is the beret? And then I realised <laughs> they were talking about a, a, a clip. clip. So I was like, oh, there you go. So you learn something new every day. Mm. 
Well, there you go. I think uh, we've only really got one more film to talk about and it's another one that you've seen, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'm trying to figure out where I put that list. It's funny, um, it's funny you're talking about the, the true crime thing because I was talking with uh, my, my colleague uh, Liz today uh, and she likes the, the, the true crime podcast as well. Mm, and I, there's lots of them. Oh, yeah, I, I found it really interesting because the only people that I've ever really run into who enjoy like the true crime stuff are all women. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if the psychology behind it. I think we've discussed this before yeah. and I don't know if we've discussed this on Tangent City or, or this show, but there is, there is some, some research behind it and it has to do with being uh, wanting to be overly prepared for mm, things. That's what I thought. And yeah. un- unfortunately, some, like if you're a female, um, just walking to your car when it's dark mm. out can sometimes make you think, I'm just going to get my keys out and point them outwards so that mm. if I get attacked, I can hit them in the face. Mm, and it's mm. something a man never has to think about. But because women think about this stuff, that must feel so alien to you to think about like having to think about walking to your car and holding your keys in a certain way. Does that sound bizarre to you? No. No? Would you ever do that though? Uh, no, no, I probably wouldn't. No. Uh, no. Mm. And this is something that females have had to deal with for. Forever. I often do that though. Oh, I'll I still do it. I'm like, oh, it's dark. It's low. Like no one's around. I'll like get prepared. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and then I, you yeah. get in your car and you lock and it. You lock your door. Yeah. You, because you just never know. And so I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've had to deal with that sort of thinking. Um, for a really, really long mm. time, unfortunately. I'll even check the back of my seat for some reason, like to see if anyone's hiding in there. I don't know if that's a horror, for I, me seeing too many horror films. I, I've never done that. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's certainly a lot of thinking mm. that goes on about keeping ourselves as safe as possible, like whether it's crossing the street when you see somebody um, that looks a bit dodgy or mm. just like I went to a hen's night and even though we were in like the suburbs, I walked my friend to her car and then she drove me to my car Mm. because, you know, we had to park far away from the house. It's just one of those things that we unfortunately have to think about. Um, On a completely um, other note, which is a little bit political, um, did you hear about the the Liberal worker who got the trigger warning here, Mm -hmm. um, who got assaulted at work uh, at Parliament House by one of her colleagues recently and I think he he resigned but he resigned over using a key that he shouldn't have been using, uh, not like mm. the assault. Mm. No? No, I, I did, did hear about it, yes. So there's a Liberal um, candidate from Queensland whose name I forget but if you happen to live in Queensland, I hope you know who I'm talking about. Please, for the love of God, do not vote for him. He's one of those crazy Catholic people, not Catholic, sorry, Christian people. Mm. Like I have no issues. If you're Christian, fine, that's fine. But don't be like blaming women and victim blaming um, and saying, well, it's her fault because she. what was she doing mm. um, getting drunk at 3pm mm. and for, like she just the exactly what that movie Promising Young Woman is about. You're asking for it if you're showing too much cleavage, if your sh- a skirt is too short, um, you know, if you're drunk and you go home with somebody. Um, she woke up to it happening. So she was asleep. Mm. She, had, like, was unconscious and he was doing this. So it, it's – and I'm like, she, I'm sorry, but she 
she clearly wasn't asking for it. She was unconscious. Mm. Um, so, no. And he said a whole bunch of other really ridiculous... I made the mistake of going through his Twitter feed yesterday and reading all sorts of just women-hating and misogynistic rubbish Um yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that's a bad way to finish your day. Don't be reading his stuff. <laughs> so if you're in Queensland, hopefully you don't vote for him because he's clearly got some issues. Is, and he, is he in the Liberal Party? He is a Liberal Party member, yes. And I don't know if he's state or federal. Um, I don't even know if he's an elected member mm. or whether he's just somebody who wants to be elected. I, I don't know because I stopped looking into him mm. after I read a few of those things. And I know we don't often get political here, um, but I'm sorry if... It, it, they're not asking for it if they're unconscious. They're not asking for it if their top shows a little bit of cleavage. They're not asking for it if their skirt is short. They're not asking for it if they're in their pyjamas and they're your wife. Mm. Like, you know, this. There's. have you seen that um, ABC um, show, You Can't Ask That? No. Oh, I know, I know the show. I've never seen it. Because there though. was an episode because mm. um, they basically have these people from different Life, like somebody, people who've in who've been in prison or um, refugees or whatever, and they mm. ask them all the questions. People sending questions that you think like you can't ask that. Oh, um, and, and then they answer them. Yeah, oh, so they had um, people on who'd been assaulted, mm. and one of the questions was, "What were you wearing?" and all of them, it was not like, you know, short skirts and boobs out or what. It, like one of them was, it was her husband who was assaulting her and she was literally in her pyjamas. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Someone could be walking down the street naked and they're not asking for it. So anyway, if you haven't seen Promising Young Woman, it's great. And apologies for getting on my soapbox. I got very an angry yesterday and someone spat at my car today. So yeah. I'm extra annoyed at life. <laughs> but anyway... Don't vote for the Liberals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. These opinions are uh, solely uh, yes. my own. I don't know. I well, played, that little warning there. <laughs> I played the warning at the start and not hashtag not all Liberals. That's true. Just this particular one. Oh, I, don't, I don't understand how these nutbags get into pol- into Parliament. It's just ridiculous. I mean, Because we just, have nutbags voting them in. Yeah, it's because people don't like, you know, you got to just... Do, do a bit of vetting on whoever you're voting for just to make <laughs> sure they're not nutbags, really. Nutbags. I so, love how I've used that four times. It's such a funny word. Yeah. But it, it, is, it is true. Like <laughs> These people have such just wrong ideas. Yeah. Bernard Gaynor is his name. Right. Um, I, I still don't know if he's a, a Liberal member or just a Liberal. Um it says, if you don't want to get raped, don't get drunk and fall asleep with some bloke in your office. <gasps> it's that simple. Oh, my goodness. Kind of like locking your car. <gasps> so, um, <laughs> Whoa, sorry, if, if I have to be this angry, you have to be this angry. Whoa. So, Bernard Gaynor, you suck. <laughs> Seriously, what happened to you to make you like that? That's anyway. ridiculous. You can't... Oh. He can apparently. Anyone with a difference between free speech and like hate and wrongful speech, like there's a difference, and that that is clearly not free. That is not free speech. I'm sorry, but that is not free speech. It's just 
Yeah, it's disgusting. So apologies for – I did put a slight trigger warning there and I apologise. It wasn't probably big enough but I didn't realise I was going to go into Important issues. huge rant. Important issues, I say. I know. There's so. a reason why we have a spin-off program called Tangent City because we often just can't rein it in here. We can't. I need to come in with, like, stuff that I've seen, like movies and stuff. Otherwise, I just get on a soapbox apparently. That's okay. It's an important anyway, part of the show. You have we another do. film to talk about, Firestarter. Now, Firestarter. is this the movie from the 80s with Drew Barrymore in it and the Stephen King film? No, it's not. But uh, good question because when I was uh, having a bit of a look, I realised there was another film called Firestarter and I was like, mm, nope, not that one. This one is in fact a, uh, it's a documentary and it's a story of uh, the Bangara dance group, which I didn't know a lot about. However, having seen this documentary, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have seen these guys perform. I've seen it on TV, never really making that connection. So this film takes us kind of from the birth of this group right through to today where we're entering its fourth decade, which is just phenomenal. And it kind of looks at Bangara's early founders, but particularly the story of three young Aboriginal brothers, uh, Stephen, David and Russell Page, who were really instrumental in turning this dance group into one of Australia's leading performing mm. arts companies. So it's told through the eyes of... Off these brothers, um, other company alumni. Um, there's lots of historical footage. There's lots of up-to-date current interviews with these people. But there's also some beautiful uh, dance kind of peppered throughout as well. So some beautiful scenes of these, you know, dances that these these guys do. But what I really loved about this film is it talks about the success of this dance group. But it also talks about this kind of uh, this culture and and particularly for these young brothers, it, it looks about that kind of uh, intergenerational trauma that they've mm-hmm. had to experience through, you know, the things that have happened to this culture and to the Aboriginal people from, you know, the stolen children and, and things like that. So there's this fantastic component to to this as well which is fantastic so it kind of places this you know success in amongst Australian politics Mm -hmm. and even you know from the moment Paul Keating delivered the you know speech in 1992 um kind of it yeah it's a really fascinating documentary to watch unfold I feel like you go in and you get so much more out of this than what you actually expect to get. So, and I particularly loved listening to these three brothers who were so instrumental in, you know, making this group really well known and putting, you know, their own stories into these dance stories. So these were, you know, the narratives of these stories are so important. But, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic and it's... It's quite a sad story too. Um, these three brothers come from this family of about 10 and, you know, they've had to deal with a lot of, you know, racism and not feeling like they belong and still feeling like, even though we've come so far, 
still feeling like it's not quite there. And they, they do discuss that throughout this documentary. And although it is definitely about this dance group and their success, there's a lot of um, important political information in this film and it talks about those generations and, and how the Aboriginal people are kind of seeing and how they feel as well. I think this documentary gives such a good voice to, you know, to the Aboriginal people. And I, I don't know what listeners or what you guys know about these three brothers, but it isn't all happy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the brothers do go on to commit suicide, um, which is absolutely devastating and it, it's quite heartbreaking watching the documentary and seeing how, um, you know, promising and how, you know, motivated and determined they were to, to be who they were and how they were fantastic at doing what they did. One brother was a really great dancer, uh, one was a choreographer and, and one did a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. So, and then one of the brothers at the end he kind of sits down and he goes you know I hate that my two brothers have left me and he still can't quite see why they've done Mm. it but he can see why they've Mm. done it if that makes sense so I I think you know enough of me talking about it I think people need to go and see this like Mm. this is phenomenal and I remember I spoke about a documentary McQueen a few years ago and I raved about it so much it had everything it needed it had the the visuals and and the right voices but I absolutely loved this film. It is fantastic. So go and see. I'm going to give it a five. Um, wow. A five, what can I call A five, oh, I don't know, contemporary dance <laughs> But, you know, yeah, fantastic. And I think if you haven't seen these guys perform, uh, check it out. I mean, the, the group has grown so much and obviously the members have evolved over the years mm-hmm. and there's different people coming in and out. But, oh, just brilliant and the stories they tell well you're not alone um it's won multiple um awards at film festivals and been nominated for even more so um it's i've been thinking lately um we do have some really great films that are coming out uh, about aboriginal culture a culture and the past um that they've been put through but not quite as many is like you look look to the states i feel like i'm i'm overwhelmed with the information that we get from the states in relation to um what their black culture has gone through and it's great for us to see that um they're putting all of that information forward and i know the same sort of stuff has happened here like massacres and slavery and um you know the stolen generation and i just feel like I want to know more, I want to learn more, but I listen to a lot of the podcasts and they're all American and mm-hmm. I keep thinking because that's how I get a lot of my information is through podcasts and it, I get to hear so many um, African-American black uh, stories just through those podcasts and I learn more about what's happened in the past through that. But I feel like there's there's no podcast or if there is, please tell me mm-hmm. that, talks about um things that have happened here because i think a lot of people know some of the stuff but there are it is surprising how many people are unaware of of the massacres that like i'm sure they're aware like that a lot of aboriginals were killed when you know that when australia was invaded but yeah it's it's um 
I feel like I want to learn more and mm. I don't know where the inf- where to look for the information. Mm. Like I, I want a historical po- Australian podcast that goes through all of this stuff that tells me this stuff. The um, yeah, I just I, I want to know more and I want to know where to find it. So. If you, if you know of any great um, podcasts that do give some of that historical um, information, I'm up for it, man. Mm, I agree. And I think it, it does need to be something taught in schools. And and maybe because it's so it's still so new, really, when you think about mm. it. It's so fresh. It didn't happen that long ago. And I think that maybe there's people who are so still affected by it that I mm. think that it makes it a lot harder to talk about sometimes. Whereas I think in other countries, it, it's so distant. Yeah. Not that it makes it any less no. um, complex or, you know, heartbreaking, but I think, yeah, it just feels so much more um, current for mm. some reason. I, I wonder if in high school they are teaching mm. um, that sort of stuff. I hope um, so you know, about the slavery that, that Australian um, Indigenous people were put through and the massacres and, the like, the stolen generation gets talked about a lot, but I, I wonder whether there's more information that we're missing out on. Mm. So I'm, I'm up for it. I want more. So Firestarter. Great documentary. Go and check it out. You will not be disappointed. Excellent. Um, sorry, we we had some heavy notes on this show today. Uh, sometimes that's just how it goes. Mm. I think film does that though. Film's mm. important for that reason because it can be entertaining, but it can also be um, a good way to discourse and have that kind of yeah chat about There's- things. This is the great thing about films, right? Mm. You, you get those films where you just get to walk in and enjoy the heck out of it and there's other ones that you get to walk out and have a big old conversation about. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm still wait, I'm still looking forward to seeing some of these uh, big ones where you can just go in there and enjoy, have your popcorn and mm. just, uh, you know, your James Bonds and um, uh, the Top Gun and, you know, all of those kind of things. Hopefully... Big ho- dumb fun. Yeah, big dumb hopefully we'll, we'll be able to see some of those uh, later on in the year. I think we will. I mm. think it's it's slow, slowly happening. Mm. But um, in the meantime, you know, there's some good stuff on streaming. I keep meaning to watch The Dig, which is on Netflix, which has oh, got Carrie Mulligan um, and I think it's Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes and Lily James is in it Oh, Lily well. James is also yeah. in it. Oh, yep. good, good. So I, it keeps getting rave reviews and I'm like, I need to... I need to save this for a night where I can really sit down and not be disturbed and watch the whole thing and just take it in because it does sound like everyone's giving it great reviews. So, yeah, but I think um, we're pretty much done unless anyone has. So what's let's let's leave on a happy note. Has something excellent happened this week? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm pretty Other lucky. than the bird trying to steal your ring yeah i mean i've I've got to see lots of cute and cuddly animals this week which has been nice nothing too devastating kittens kittens. i love kittens and i've seen some kittens this week oh well that's good what about you lewis um, Sorry to throw you a curveball there. Yeah, I know. I saw uh, on um, uh, Sunday, which was Valentine's Sunday, Day. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Luke Boland uh, had a, a show called Not the Bachelor Live 
which is a, a dating show. Oh. And and that was uh, that was very good and very enjoyable. And I think he's doing a couple of encore performances as part of the the Fringe World Extended. So um, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my week so far. Yeah, oh, excellent. Well, I took Bryce to swimming lessons for the first time in a couple of years today, and he Yay. loved it. And he's loving school. So there's my happiness for the week. Excellent. Have a think about all those lovely things in your life. We'll leave you with that, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.